Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. For we rest in your presence right now, God. It is so thick here. Father, I pray that we would never take these moments for granted. God, that you're moving, that you're restoring things right now. God, that there's healings in bodies that are taking place right now. That there's healings in marriages that are taking place right now. God, even though we may not see that you are working, God, but we feel it. We feel it. God, we feel you moving. We feel you moving. Let's just take a few moments. Let's take a few moments. And breathe in his rest. For those that are weary, breathe in his rest right now. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would speak tonight. God, that your words would speak through me, Father, that I would be just a broken vessel for you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for everything that you are going to do tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Man, Wednesday night, it is so good to be here. It's cool to be on this side of it for once, so that's awesome. Uh, but you guys can be seated. We're going to get into the word. <clears throat> all right. All right. Well, this is cool. Well, I just want to take uh, a quick moment to thank all of you guys for being here tonight. Everyone streaming online. It's good to be with you. But I also want to take a moment to thank uh, my worship team. I want to thank Joy. I want to thank Tila. And I want to thank Kevon, not just for tonight, but I just want to point out my worship leaders. I'm like, Tim's awesome. I love Tim. <laughs> I didn't forget about you. But, <laughs> but no, you guys are so incredible. I think I'm just so grateful. I just want to take a moment and just say how grateful I am for each of you guys. Like, being able to go to Dallas was one of the coolest moments, like, of my life. I've been dreaming about that for a long time. So to see it kind of take place and, and know that it's just the start is really exciting. And to know that my bench is, like, that deep, that God has been giving me people that it can excel at such a great level even when I'm not here. Like, it's, a, it's awesome that you hardly see something missing when, like, the worship director's missing. That's that's huge for me. Like that's a huge win. I'm like so grateful. And I just want I feel I believe that there's a new anointing coming to each of you right now. I'm so incredibly proud of you guys. And you just, man, you're amazing. Kevon, I feel like there's a new anointing. You're stepping into new authority, new leadership. And dude, it's awesome. I'm so I'm so proud of y'all. So man. So we are in this culture series, and I'm going to close it out for us, um, but ours is going to be serve with purpose tonight. And when I first was given this, I kind of uh, 
wasn't thrilled because Allie preached this. That's my girlfriend. So she preached this on Sunday. And I'm like, dude, I got to follow that. Like, man, I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. So um, we're going to be talking about, <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to give it a shot. Um, I appreciate it. So we're going to talk about serve with purpose. And we're going to go right into it. We're going to get to the scripture in a little bit. But I want to break these two words apart. I want to break them apart. I feel like they stand alone. Like they're, they're solid words alone. And then at the end, we're going to bring it together and we're going to kind of bring some good truth over us. But we're going to dive into uh, the word serve. I want us to think about, if we go and look through scripture, I want us to think about what is the highest position in the Bible? Like something, the highest position that you could walk in, the highest calling that you could walk in. And I think when we think about it, we probably think that, Oh, it's an apostle. Easy. Next question. Whatever. But it's actually not. We look in Scripture and we see that the apostles actually tell us what it is. So Romans 1.1, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle. So notice that he's saying what he's called to do, but he also is saying who he is, and that's a servant. Philippians 1.1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. James 1 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter 1 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. The highest position that you could possibly walk in in the kingdom is a servant. And I think about, yeah, and I think about Jesus and what he says, and he said, I came to be a servant, not to be served. And you know, as I look In the chapter of Philippians 2, he took upon himself the form of a servant. And that's crazy to me because the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the highest you could possibly be. And he says, no, I've come to serve. I've come to serve. But what is crazy is that so many of us get so fixated and focused on our title and our position and what we get called that it over trumps the fact that we're even willing to serve. And it's very dangerous when we get to the point where our title is more important to us than the impact that we're actually trying to make. Extremely dangerous. And I just want to talk to you about being the servant. And when when I came back from Elevation, when I came back from my internship, I literally had someone on my team demand a title. swear to God. He literally... Uh, I wasn't supposed to say he, but he demanded a title. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so he literally demanded a title, and I, ta- and I sat him down. I'm like, dude, your perspective is so off. When, when you're so focused on a position and not even the people that you're pouring into because you're not really pouring into anyone, you know, there's a serious problem happening. And your identity, I tried to share with him, like, your identity is not in what you do, but in whose you are. And it's super crucial to understand that perspective. And when we went to uh, <laughs> when we went to Israel, I was talking to this this guy. He went he went to Oaks, and I I, I don't really like totally love talking to people. Can I be honest with you? Like I I don't like I I feel like I tense up, and when after like the hello, how are you? I freak out. I'm like oh, you know. So it takes like three days for me to talk to this dude, and and like. God aligned it to where we're both walking together down the path. And I'm like, oh, this is a sign. 
So I ask him, I talk to him, and I'm, I'm like, dude, like, I don't even think I asked him his name. I'm like, dude, what, what are the scars from on your arm? Like, you need to tell me. And uh, so, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't even think I asked him his name. And I'm like, dude, like, what, what, what happened to your arm? And he's like, oh, you know, like, I, I played football in, in college, and it's just kind of what you do. So then I'm like, panic mode after the first question is done. I'm like, okay, yeah. That's, that's all I got. Uh, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> and uh, so so then I, I basically just, I rapid fire. I'm like, what do you do? Like, what, uh, that's all I got. What do you do? And he's like, oh, you know, like I, I play football. And then I'm more, more panic mode. I'm like, like for like, you know, like for your city, like a city league or, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, like I just play for the NFL and uh, no big deal, you know. And so then after that, I'm like, you idiot. Like, why, why are you asking him all these stupid questions? He freaking, he's, he's a Super Bowl champ. Like, what? It, so, but what I honestly, what I respect about this guy is because he doesn't need to say, like, yeah. like you don't know who I am. Like, I got a Super Bowl ring. Like, I'm super successful financially. But he didn't need to say, like, I'm a pro bowler. All he said was, like, man, I just, I just play football. And because his identity isn't attached to what he does, he knows that he's a son of God. So let's go into Mark uh, chapter 9, 33 through 35. You guys don't have this one. It's all good. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, this is Jesus talking, what was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? He's asking. But they kept silent, for on the road they were disputing among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Success in the kingdom is not how many people you can get under you. Success in the kingdom is how many people you can get over you and how many people that you can serve. So everyone say serve. serve. Now say purpose. purpose. So we're going to read Samuel chapter six, uh, 16 and then 1 through 14. 1 through 14. So for those of you that are trying to like read the Bible in a year and you're a little behind, I'm going to help you out. We're, we're going we're gonna to get a healthy chunk of this knocked out. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me him who I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to him trembling and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his, uh, and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadad 
and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all of your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for he will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was uh, ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. I take a liking to David as myself. And, uh, and the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. And we're going to tap into just a, a tad bit of 14. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Now what do you do when the person that's above you has clearly had his anointing removed, and then you experience something like that where you have this new anointing? I feel like society would tell us to, like, step aside, you know, like I'm the next, you know, part of the Trinity. Here we go. I'm the fourth part of the Trinity, and I'm going to take over, and I'm making my appearance. But um, but that's not what David does at all. And I, we don't really have time to go into the whole process, so I'm going to kind of skip uh, to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 4. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years at Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And at Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. So he was actually 37 by the time he reigned over all of Israel. But do you know how old David was when he was anointed? Does anyone know? He was 17 years old. Yeah, so he was 17. He was 17 when he was anointed he was 17 when his leader had his anointing removed. He was 17 when he was anointed when, and everyone saw him, his whole family. But even though he was anointed in Samuel 16, 1 Samuel 16, he wasn't appointed to be king until 2 Samuel chapter 5. So 20 years had gone by before he was anointed or appointed king. But sometimes I think when I, when I like read the Bible and I'm like, I wonder if God was, like, surprised, you know, like, dang, that was, like, a long time. I probably should have waited. I probably should have waited before I anointed David. But it's something so interesting because it took 20 chapters for God to design what he wanted within David. And when we look at purpose, if we take the Latin and we look at it, and it, it basically means to plan or to design. And I want to spend most of our time focusing on the word design because it took 20 years, 20 chapters for God to design what he wanted in the king of Israel. And if you let God design that in you, if you're willing to go through the process, if you're willing to be developed, then God will sustain it. But if you try to be discovered and you try to be recognized by man, man will crush you. Man will destroy you. But if you let God develop it, if you let God take you through this process, no man can crush it. No man can destroy it because God will sustain it. 
And I've served in worship ministry for, I think I did my first church special when I was nine years old. For my older folk in the room, I did uh, Above It All by Michael W. Smith. Above all power. And I'm just so grateful that worship music has developed since then. I'm so glad that we are further along the line than that. Praise God. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, man. But, but I've been a part of worship ministry for 14 years. I've been part of this ministry, I think, for like 10. And when I started out, I didn't really have the right perspective, to be totally honest. I, I wasn't the guy that was willing to stack chairs or lay out chairs. I was like, nah, man, I'm, I'm the worship leader. Like, there's, there's got to be people underneath me, you know, that, but I let God develop something within me through the years that I don't care if I'm the one scrubbing the toilets. Like, it, to be totally honest and transparent, if God said, Josh, you can no longer lead worship for this house, but I still want you to be a part. I would because I truly believe that God has worked so much in my heart that I would be okay stepping out of the spotlight to serve the kingdom. And that's a kingdom mentality and it's a kingdom culture. And I want us to take a look at David's process. I want us to take a look because his process took 20 years. His process took 20 years. So if we break down a few specific parts that made David such a great king, his palace, he wasn't a palace man. He wasn't a palace man, but he learned the ins and outs of the palace because Saul was tormented. So he brought someone in to play music for him because it tamed the spirit and he was okay. And because of that, David learned the ins and outs of how to be a good king because of that process, but he never would have known how to be a great king if he hadn't done that, if Saul wouldn't have brought him in. And then the Bible talks about how David was after God's heart, and that's because before he was ever elevated, he was out with God, tending the sheep. He was spending time with God. He knew God's voice because he was spending time with him. And then something that's so important to me is David learned how to treat people because Saul showed him how not to. Now, David was not a perfect king, but Saul sure as heck showed him how not to treat the people of the palace. And that is why I think David is probably one of the, the greatest kings in the Bible. But everything that King David did, God let him develop in him, and that's why he became great. And I think that's such a healthy perspective. The first step is to serve. And the second step is to allow God to work within you. There has to be steps that take place. Now, I kind of want to bring this whole picture together of serving with purpose. Serving with purpose. As a whole, I feel like it's simple, but I kind of want to phrase it in a question. So how do I serve with purpose? And I honestly believe the root of it is humility. Humility will always be the foundation and the source of being a healthy servant. And I kind of want to, uh, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to close with this story, and I hope that this kind of just brings it together. I've been reading this book from Pastor Craig Rochelle. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind. 
uh, change your thinking, change your life. And he's a big influence on me because I love leadership and, I, and I'm a great student of his leadership. And, and after I read this story, I think it kind of shifted my perspective. And it's written so well that I'm actually just going to read the, the story. But it starts out really kind of silly. It's, it's about a dog, if I'm being <laughs> a little sneak peek. But by the end of it, it, it'll flip your perspective, and it's, and it's amazing. But So there is a large, shaggy-haired, lumbering dog, let's call him Max, who will not leave the yard. A car drives by. Max loves to chase cars. The thought of grabbing one by the bumper and wrestling the beast into submission makes him drool. Max wants to go chase so badly, but he just sits in the yard. Then two boys start playing catch in the street. The ball rolls right to the edge of Max's yard. He desperately wants to get the ball and run from the boys, but he doesn't. One of them teases the dog even. What's the matter, Max? Afraid of the ball? Max wants to bite the brat with his, uh, with his tormentor, uh, but his tormentor is just outside the yard. A cat walks down the street. Max cannot imagine the nerve of, a, of the cat. He knows they are evil, and they are uh, on this earth to do the Satan's work. <laughs> Max wants to attack, to bring a hailstorm of violence onto this felon's life, yet he cannot. Why? An invisible electric fence lines the perimeter of his yard. This type of fence puts out an invisible beam, and when an unexpected dog crosses the line, zap. He gets a small jolt of electricity. The first time the dog is confused, he tries to leave the yard again, zap. Another painful little sting. If the dog is stubborn or just dumb, he might try a third time. After that, he's learned his lesson. He knows he will never be able to leave the yard again. Max's owners had an invisible electric fence. Actually, Max's owners used to have an electric fence. They bought one, set it up, and turned it on. Max was shocked several times. The fence also zapped a neighbor kid who tried to come into their yard and get a stray Frisbee. The kid's parents complained, and Max, Max's owners decided to return the electric fence to the store. Several years have passed since they've owned the fence. Even still, Max will not leave the yard. Why? He thinks he can't. He believes he can't. In his mind, he's a prisoner, missing out on the life he wants to live. He associates life outside the boundaries of his yard with pain. The magical place where cars can be caught, balls can be stolen, and evil missions, uh, and the evil mission of cats can be thwarted and just out of reach, is just out of reach. He has no idea that the only thing keeping him constrained is a lie that he believes. And I want to ask you today, what lie are you believing from the enemy that is keeping you from going all in, from taking that step? What lie are you believing that, that you can't serve? Say, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't get it. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my marriage looks like. You don't know what my kids have done. You don't know what I've done. But I want to ask you, what devil told you that? What devil told you that? Because I know the God that I know, the God that I serve, and the book that I read says he can use people that are broken to do extravagant things. So what is keeping you from serving, from going all in? 
I want to encourage you because serving will unlock miracles in your life. Serving will unlock miracles in your life. And I want to challenge you, see what God can do through you. You may be the missing link. You may be the missing link. You've believed a lie for so long that now your heart has believed it to be true. It's still a lie, but you've shaped your whole life, your whole perspective around this lie that the enemy has told you. So I want to pray right now. Father, against any perspective, God, that any lie that the enemy has tried to play over your people, Father, I cast it out in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that truth would overwhelm your people, God, that they would walk in truth, Father. Jesus, 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 God, I pray that you would spark something in our spirits right now, God. Spark something in our spirits, Jesus. Father, you've been so good. You've been so good. You've been so good. Father, and I pray, God, for a new boldness and a new courage to come over your people. God, that they're not weak. God, but they are strong in you, Father. Those that are broken, those that are defeated, I pray, God, that they would rise up as your people with a boldness and a courage like no other. God, that we would reach this city, we would reach this state, we would reach this nation, God, for the gospel because of your people that are here tonight, Father. God, I pray this would spark something new right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I hope that that encourages you tonight. Be bold. Be courageous. And if you guys would stand, we're going to do the declaration, and we're going to dismiss. But I just want to remind you, Palm Sunday, this Sunday, if you haven't, if you haven't RSVP'd, Please do that, and, uh, and it's going to be an amazing Sunday at the Sycamore venue. But say it with me. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. God bless you, church. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. What a great word we just received from Josh, our worship director. It's special that we get an opportunity to hear from so many leaders in our church. I just love that. It's one of my favorite parts. Two, th two things I took away from this service that you might want to write down yourself is to serve one another and to serve God is the highest position that we can be called to, especially in his kingdom. So think about that this week. And then the second is God has a purpose for all of us, but it doesn't always come right away. It requires patience. So maybe write that down. Think about it. Pray about it this week. Those are two main takeaways that I took away. I want to get back with you and recap just some of the announcements again. Uh, please RSVP for 
Palm Sunday, followed by Spring Fest, followed by Good Friday, and then followed by Easter services. So those are the Easter service and Palm Sunday and Spring Fest are all going to be at the Sycamore venue. And then Good Friday is going to be here at Bridge Church. So thanks so much for streaming with us today. Uh, I also want to remind you of that email, info at wearebridge.church. So info at our website name, wearebridge.church, is how you can reach out to us. If you have a story, maybe today you accepted God into your heart. We would love to hear about that, prayer requests, all of the above. We're going to work really hard to communicate with you guys and to do our best to engage with you going forward. So thank you so much for streaming with us today. We hope you have a great week and go out there and be a bridge builder.